During the first hour, we talked about um, uh, drought conditions and Metro Vancouver's response uh, to drought conditions. And uh, Mayor Malcolm Brody from Richmond, he's part of the Water Committee of the Metro Vancouver Board, uh, talked about water metering uh, that is required. It's all, of course, a broader conversation around summertime and uh, hotter temperatures and temperatures that last a lot longer as well. It's all, of course, in response to climate change. Well, today, uh, Saskatchewan implemented crop insurance changes uh, amid drought conditions. They'll move, which will move to support both crop and livestock producers. Uh, it's in collaboration with the federal government, of course, uh, in response to ongoing drought conditions. And in the case of Saskatchewan, grasshopper damage impacting crop yields. Now, that's the situation in Saskatchewan, but it's a reminder the impact of climate change. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the impacts of droughts on BC farmers is Ian Payton. He is the uh, agriculture critic for the BC United Party, and I might add he's an MLA for South Delta and a farmer himself. Ian, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Jazz. Good afternoon. Uh, now, I know you are regularly in touch with BC farmers uh, throughout our province. You travel a lot. Uh, what are you hearing from them in regards to the, what they're seeing in regards to their crops and, of course, uh, their, uh, their, uh, their animals as well? Well, Jazz, when it comes to the drought situation we're facing here in BC, it's interesting if I look, first of all, even here in the Fraser Valley in Vancouver Island, when I was a kid growing up in the 60s and and teenager in the 70s, you know, even on my farm and my dad and my grandfather, nobody had irrigation uh, systems here in the Fraser Valley. It was just kind of unheard of. Mm -hmm. And now... Every farmer pretty much in the Fraser Valley, if you're a dairy farmer, you're growing feed for your cattle, you're growing potatoes, uh, vegetables, any kind, everybody's got an irrigation system now because things have changed and without uh, water and irrigation on your farms, you're, you're pretty much a done deal here on Vancouver Island and uh, in the Fraser Valley. So that takes me to, you know, your next topic of drought in the upper part of uh, British Columbia. I'm getting phone calls every day as the agriculture critic for BC United from uh, ranchers up in uh, Chetwin and Vanderhoof and Quinell and places like that. And, you know, Jazz, I'm telling you, these folks, these are family-owned businesses, ranch families at third, fourth generation. And there's peers, people choking up almost with tears that they're going to have to sell off a bunch of their livestock, you know, part of their herd because they don't have enough feed to get through this fall and this winter. And I can explain more about that situation in a minute. Yeah. So why don't they, why don't they have feed? So if you're a cattle rancher, you might have, if you're fairly big, you might have 500 cows and calves at foot that were barn this spring. So now you've got 1,000 head of cattle. And normally they would go out sort of on the mountainsides, in amongst the forest, on crown lands for grazing. And a lot of this crown lands have been burnt off by forest fires. So suddenly the the grazing areas that these uh, beef cattle have had, there's no more grass to eat there. A lot of these ranchers have had to move them back down towards the ranch. Now they're eating eating the the grass and alfalfa that the farmer was going to bale and put away for winter feed. So now he's really in a bind where uh, the ground is so dry, Mm -hmm. no moisture, that uh, these crops are nothing. So normally a a rancher might be out in his baler and get uh, six or seven round bales to the acre. Right now they're getting like one round bale to the acre because there's just nothing there for grass crops. Uh, so, uh, you know, before we and I talked, I talked about the fact that in Saskatchewan, they are implementing some crop insurance changes because of these drought conditions. What do we need to be doing here uh, in, uh, in British Columbia in the next, well, immediately or in the, over the next couple of months? 
Well, I read that today, Jazz, with uh, in Saskatchewan. If you've got a crop that's doing very poorly, that's a grain crop, what they're saying is the farmer can actually uh, get paid out a better price for what would have been a successful crop, but he can he can harvest that crop and use it as feed for cattle instead of uh, sort of food for human human consumption. Uh, what we need to do in BC, and this frustrates the living heck out of me, mm-hmm. uh, this BC NDP government came up with $228 million in agri recovery back in February of 2022. And then, Jazz, they threw in an extra $111 million just a few months ago with the surplus money they had in their budget. And I don't know where this $111 million is going to. Well, I sort of know. They, they didn't even know the, the afternoon we asked them where this money is going. So this $111 million should be going directly into the hands of farmers and ranchers that have been so devastated by, by fires and floods and now drought and feed shortages. They've got to get this money quickly into the hands of these folks so they can go out and source some feed for their cattle. So where is the money? I'm just if, if it was available, where where is it then? Where's where's it going? Well, I can tell you, they couldn't even come up with answers. And Jazz, you know what uh, what uh, you know budget estimates is uh, mm-hmm. thirty million to new relationship fund for First Nations for agriculture, twenty million to food security, twenty million to food processing, twenty million to innovation and affordability, uh, a million to food hubs. These are these are just we don't. You know, we don't need to worry about things like this. We need to worry about our actual farmers and using this money, not to be worrying about technology and innovation and all these woke ideas for agriculture in B.C. Let's get this money into the hands of these farmers that are clinging on by a thread, some of them. I mean, it's a tough business. It's very, very high risk. Mm -hmm. So, look, if, if nothing is done in the next couple of months, what do you foresee? Well, I can tell you right now, Jazz, it, it's it's a sad situation. So what happens is farmers take a look and they, you know, nobody wants to see your own cattle starving. So they're saying, look, I cannot have enough feed to feed uh, 500 head this winter. So I'm going to cut my herd in half. And right now, the stories are going around. We've got some big auction barns in British Columbia, including Vanderhoof, that normally this time of year would have 500 head of cattle going through it. On a, on a weekday sale, uh, the can- uh, Vanderhoof auction market's got something like 2,000 to 25 head of cattle lined up to go through there because ranchers are just selling them off uh, to get rid of them, to take their losses and not have uh, those animals to feed through the winter. And, of course, uh, reasonably good cattle prices in the last six months are going to go in the tank with so many cattle hitting the auction yards. Any indication right now from the government that there is anything coming in regards to emergency funding for farmers? Well, you know, we see these announcements all the time, and I've seen this movie several times with the NDP government. They're always saying, well, we're, we're, we're contacting farmers and ranchers, and we're going to help out as best we can, and we should have some agri-recovery money but uh, you know i i talk to farmer after farmer and rancher and they've heard nothing from government they they don't see anything immediately happening on the horizon for uh, for feed and and what we need is government to be out I, I don't think any of these farmers or ranchers have time to be on the phone trying to locate feed uh next door in alberta or saskatchewan or down in Washington State or Oregon. So government officials should be on the phone trying to secure some feed uh, out of, uh, I would say, eastern Washington. Uh, Ian, thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Look forward to chatting with you again next week as this uh, story continues to evolve. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Jess.